In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Do you live your life by design? Okay, by design, are you talking about like in a fashion sort of sense? Well, it could be because today's show, we'll be talking with two special guests who both address this issue of design and how it relates to your life. Our first guest um, really has an emphasis on fashion, and the other one is regarding purpose. So welcome to Girlfriendit, a great place to connect and girlfriendify your life. We're Lisa and Patty, and today we're going to have fun and be um, inspired to live our life with, with a design in mind, hopefully. <laughs> well, you know what? So many times as women and young girls, we are constantly bombarded with messages from advertisers, the media, ads, the fashion and entertainment industries. And we, we hear such messages that if you've got it, flaunt it. And we, as we know, sex sells, and we can't get away from it. And the visuals are just everywhere, whether you're seeing women walking around or, or just billboard ads that are just right in your face. Yeah, well, this might sound give us our age and sound old because, you know, our moms used to talk this way too. <laughs> It goes back to, I, I was at the end of the miniskirt phase, so I, I didn't have to deal with that so much. I was in the miniskirt phase in, in, high, in high school. Well, see, my, my, we're really sister, dating ourselves. my sisters were, and so I got their hand-me-downs, and I went to a school where we had to wear dresses that could only be a certain inch above your knees. So I was that girl wearing the dresses with burlap tied around <laughs> because I was always being called into the principal's office. And, um, you must have gone to a private school. I did. I went to a private school. And it's just kind of comical now because it's just that my mom and dad couldn't afford new dresses. So I was at the end phase of the, of the miniskirts. And it was not like I was thinking I was hot and so desirable. You, you or anything. I was in fashion <laughs> sense, really, then. I wasn't trying to flaunt it. I was a tomboy that wanted to go play basketball, but I just happened to be having my sister's miniskirts on with burlap. But it is interesting because <laughs> I was. I didn't know you then. <laughs> I was quite the fashion queen. Uh, I just went to a graduation last week, though, speaking of private schools, and um, a private school that they normally have to wear uniforms. And so this is a day, because it's graduation, where they don't have to have their uniform on, and they had their graduation gown on. But when that graduation gown came off later on in the evening, oh, my. I was, <laughs> I was shocked. I was shocked at how low and how short these dresses were. And it, it's almost as if... Well, I used to have to wear a uniform, but now I, I can flaunt it. This is how I really dress. And it, you know it's just so much of what our culture, like you said, it, 
I don't know, it sells, and that's just what they're used to, that it's, it's as if they were oblivious to how, how badly they were dressed well, in Well, and, and the message they're communicating, and I, I do feel sorry for, for these young teenage guys and just for men because it is all over the place. And I think there's a message that if, you know, we hear the word modesty, and it's almost like, ooh, that sounds old-fashioned. But how do we really get that back into really how we dress really does reflect our values and who we are. And, and I think you can still have style in the midst of modesty. And that's why I'm excited to talk to our next guest because we have Rachel Lee Carter joining us today. And Rachel is the author of the new book, Fashion by Faith. And she also has an, an, uh, a ministry organization called ModelingChrist.com. And um, I've just been reading some of her things, and I just got her book, and I love how she, well, first of all, she's absolutely beautiful and darling. She's almost as beautiful as me, I must say, when I look at the book. I'm not going to comment on that. And she's quite a bit younger, I think, than we are. And I, I love her attitude, and um, I, I can't wait to hear what she has to say because she really is passionate about bringing style and helping young gals especially, you know, be modest and still be stylish. And after hearing God's call on her life as a professional Christian model, um, Rachel now uses her platform to share the love of Jesus Christ within the fashion industry and at women and youth conferences nationwide. And Rachel was a professional model for over 20 years and has um, traveled to over 30 countries. And some of her clientele, I'm pretty impressed with this, included like CoverGirl, Tommy Hilfinger, um, Teen Magazine. Yeah, me and Tommy Hilfinger, we go way back. Too. Yeah, she goes, I mean, and even Marcus Bloomingdale, she's been, you know, she's been quite extensive in the fashion industry. And uh, she also was um, 2009 Mrs. North Carolina, U.S. Wow. And so she really is an expert on this topic and can really speak into it. So, well, Rachel, we want to welcome you to Girlfriend It today. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm just cracking up listening to you two. You guys are oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> we crack up at each other, and it's, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> hey, we love your message that you're communicating, and we both of us are moms of daughters. And um, I remember my daughter is now early 20s, and when she was um, in high school, it was that um, season that was horrible when the tops were short. I think your midriff. They're still that way. Well, it was even more so then. But um, I need to speak to you. Can you give us a little background, first of all, before we get into this, um, a little bit about your background and share your story that led you to create ModelingChrist.com? Well, I uh, had started in, into the fashion industry when I was 14 years old, and when I was 18, I moved to New York City, and um, I got saved while I was in New York. I was working on a job with a couple of other girls, and I had grown up in the Bible Belt, and I had been to church, and I knew the plan of salvation. I knew all of that, but it wasn't real to me, and it wasn't until things started falling apart in my life that I really saw my need for God in my life, and I cried out to Him after the help of these two girls. Um, on this job as they shared Christ with me, and I got saved in the industry. And so I was 19 years old, and after I got saved, things really began to change in my life. Um, not only did uh, my dress change, but the music that I listened to and the people that I hung out with and the places that I went and the language that I spoke, all of these things began to change in my life. And um, it just took me on this wonderful ride of seeing more and more fruit being produced in my life and seeing that I could be in the fashion industry, but that I would have a totally different direction. My industry would be my ministry and that I had the opportunity to share Christ where I was. And so after just years 
years of this, it just eventually culminated with the book, Fashion by Faith. So well, I say I'm still in the fashion industry. I, I still work uh, full-time in the industry. Well, I love one of your comments. You said not only did you invite Christ into your life, but also into your closet. And that, that speaks volumes. I, I love it. it what made you decide that when you just, you know, was it just a gradual thing or did you just make that commitment that, no, I, I'm going to dress and represent Jesus well? No, it was, it was definitely a gradual thing because I think that um, just as young women, we don't realize um, what messages we're sending out when we dress certain ways. So honestly, in, my, in the process of sanctification in my life and that growth, that Christian growth that God was developing in me, that was one of the last things that that I began to see. I mean, first, obviously, we knew, you know, the language, you know, no swearing and all of that and kind of the partying and, all you know, all those things. That became pretty obvious to me, but it wasn't until much later that I realized that my dress affected other people, um, men especially, and young boys, and my reputation, and all of that. So God was, um, he wasn't finished, and he's still not finished, but he began refining things about me. And uh, when I finally saw um, what my, the effect that my dress had on myself and my reputation and other people and my representation of the Lord, those are, that's when I really began to pray about it and ask God to show me what was modest and what is not. Well, you know what is interesting, because we've heard this from so many women, too, is like when before they really are following Christ, you really don't, I think so many young gals really don't realize that how they dress really does um, affect, like, guys and, and, and communicates a message. I think so many times women, especially young gals, are kind of clueless to their dress and the effects that it has. Can you just sure. And I'm sure I want to go back to um, it, when you're in the industry. And so, I, you know, I know that's a tough, when I, tough industry to be in. When I was in uh, high school, my best friend was a model, and she was on the cover of Seventeen magazine, and she worked for the Ford Modeling Agency and, and uh, would go to Paris and New York City and fashion shows. And yet, I, and I saw the non-glamorous side of it. I mean, it's a lot of work, and yeah. it's, it's a hard industry, and um, – you know, and the value systems, like you said, are just very different, very, you know, loose. How do you, as a believer, you become a believer in this industry, and I'm sure that you're asked to wear certain, you know, fashions that are not appropriate. How do you take a stand? And we wanna, we're going to take a commercial break in just about a minute, and we can keep talking about that. this. But for, can you just kind of address that really quick? How do you take a stand? How do you say, no, I won't wear that? Well, it, it certainly is, it's not easy. It's, it's never easy to take a stand. But um, when you do it, I think that you start to recognize that you have a spiritual muscle there that as you begin to take some stand after stand after stand, that muscle just gets stronger and stronger and you begin to get bolder and bolder. And I think that that just really takes the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. I like that, exercising your spiritual muscle, because I do think so many times it is hard to take a stand because we don't want to stand out. We don't want to be seen as, um, you know, as kind of geeky or conservative, and yet it, it is significant. And then I, I'm sure once you start taking a stand, you realize maybe you're not the only one that feels that way. Right. That other people permission to kind of come out too. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, 
I know I, there's so many things because I just in reading your book and just being on your website, which I just really want to encourage people to see. Um, we talk about trends, and I think so many times we feel like to be modest means we can't be stylish anymore. And so when we come back, let's let's kind of talk about that. Is can we still and with these young gals? Because even the you know the teenagers are going, I you know I can't be stylish, and you're making me wear something that makes me look out of place. And I think there's some appropriate wear that you can still be cool and yet not show off everything. Absolutely, and thank goodness. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So let's talk a little bit about that when we come back, and we'll take a break here in just a moment. But we just appreciate you. We appreciate there's people like you in industries like that taking a stand and, and making a difference. So stay with us. We'll be right back with Rachel Lee Carter talking about fashion and modesty and honoring God. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors. All quilters, just like you. Call in with your questions. Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff. And find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. Christian work-at-home moms, here is your own show on Toginet. It's CWAM, Christian work-at-home moms with Jill Hart and Diana Innan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central on Toginet. Um, I'd love to share with you just a little bit about how CWAM can help you, whether you are new to the work-at-home world and just starting out your search, or whether you've been working at home for a while and are looking to grow your business. Jill Hart is the founder of Christian Work-at-Home Moms, CWAM.com, and co-author of So You Want to Be a Work-at-Home Mom. Jill has worked from home from 2000 and started her home-based business to assist other Christians who desire to work from home while maintaining a godly life. And Diana Ennett with virtualwordpublishing.com. I really, truly want to see you succeed, want to share the joy that I have in being home with my kids and being able to build my own business. And she's ready to help you now. Christian Work at Home Moms with Jill Hart and Diana Anna. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Central on Toginet. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. 
Well, welcome back to Girlfriend. We are continuing to talk today about intentionally designing our life, and we've been sharing with um, author and professional model Rachel Lee Carter just about how we can incorporate modesty and really honor God with, with, our, with our clothes and our appearance and yet still um, be stylish. So, Rachel, we want to just keep talking to you and um, just about this whole issue of it, just how we what we project to other people, even through our clothes, and how you took a stand in this fashion industry, being a professional model, and just how to say no to certain things. Can you just kind of talk a little bit more about what that's like inside that industry and to really take a stand for certain what you believe in that? Well, I share a lot of these stories in the book, and just, um, you know, again, it's like exercising that spiritual muscle and just praying, God, give me the strength to do this. And I remember specifically on a job when I first made the decision that I wouldn't model lingerie, and um, and I was on a job, and the client, it was a $1,500 a day job, it was a really great client, and they liked me, but most of the clothes were like trousers and sweaters, and the demographic was like 45 to 60-year-old women, so, I mean, nothing provocative, of course, at all, And but they did have a shot that they missed from the day before, and it was a bra. And uh, in my terminology, it was a granny panty bra, huge, something that would fit on my head. It was, you know, it was just one of those, you know, not provocative, not, you know, fancy anything. It's just a nasty old big old bra. And uh, so they asked me if I would wear it um, because they had to do this makeup shoot. And I was the only model booked for the day. And I said, well, I don't shoot lingerie. And she looked at it, and she thought that was a joke. And she said, yeah, well, this is hardly lingerie. And I said, I understand, but, um, you know, it's in my contract that um, that I don't shoot any bras or underwear at all. And she kind of got mad at me, and she said, you know, we've got you for the day, we're paying you for the day, and this is something that we've missed, and we need you to shoot this. You're the only girl here. And I said, well, if you need to call my agency and talk to them about it, you can. And so they called the agency and fussed at them, and my agent got me on the phone and said, Rachel, just shoot the bra. What's the big deal? I mean, they said that it's full coverage, and I said, Pam, I'm talking to my booker, and I said, if my morals were for sale, I'd be a prostitute. Mm. And she said, all right. That's fine. And uh, she got back on the phone with the client. The client dismissed me. They were mad at me, never got me back. I lost the account. I uh, lost the job. And that was a tough stand to have to take. Yeah. But um, I remember in the meantime when the client was talking to um, my agent, I was just praying. I was like, God, please give me the courage to do this because it's gonna be. it would be so much easier just to shoot the dumb bra. You know, it's just... It would just be just get it over with, but I knew that I had made a commitment, and I knew that this was a line that I had drawn, and I had to take a stand, and God just gave me the courage to do it, and once I did, my agency began to stand by me after that, and they were just like, you know, she doesn't shoot lingerie. Is there any, you know, and is there any lingerie on the shot, you know, and they'll say, no, well, we might have this, and they'll say, well, we need to book another model then because she won't do it, <laughs> and so word traveled fast that um, that I stuck to my guns, and I'm very glad for that. Yeah, and you know what? That is a powerful story because not only does that story have an impact in, you know, like you said, putting on a dumb old bra, but just even to to kids today, just even in conversations of where where's that line? Because right. there's always a way to justify. Always, you you there's just that gray area, and you you just keep going past the line, and you don't realize you're on the other side until you're on the other side. Right. 
Well, and I think so many times we go, it's just this one time. Because, like, you know, as I was listening to you say, like, it's, it's this big bra and you could go, it'd be so easy to go, okay, it really is not that big of a deal. And just one time. But I love that you really said, no, this is, this is my values. This is where I draw the line. And I'm just going to honor that. And so, so many times, that's been such an encouraging message. And I love that you are who you are, this professional model that knows the industry, and you have a voice speaking into these young gals because they need these positive role models to go, I don't have to look, um, you know, reveal everything to still be cool and stylish. And what right. do you do, um, Rachel, with, as you're talking with younger gals, um, to not sound so legalistic, you know, like it's all these rules and, you, you know, if you have Christ in your life and you have to dress this way, how do you, how do, you do it in such a way that it's, freedom to them because they right. want and that's a good question because I hate legalism and um, and I've been I feel like I've been in a trap of legalism at a time in my life where I felt like I had to do all of these rules I had to follow just you know this checklist of things that I did and I had my quiet time at this certain time and I did this and I did this and I made sure I passed out a certain number of tracks every day and I was witnessing to people and I you know I, I had these these things that I did and I I and it wears you out because there's no freedom in that, and it's just a list of rules. And that's not what a Christian relationship with the Lord, with uh, with being born again, with having a love relationship with Christ, that is not what it's about. There should be freedom in it. So how do you reconcile the difference? Because there is one side of it which is legalistic, and it's all about rules, and it's all about rules producing a right relationship between you and the Lord. Well, that's not what produces a right relationship. Right. So then you got the other side, which is license, and that's the flip side, the complete opposite. And license says that I can do anything I want to do because, hey, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, he'll forgive me, it's under the blood, <laughs> you know, just kind of, it doesn't matter, I, you know, I'm saved. And, you know, that's the other side, and that's very dangerous because if you, if you say that you're a Christian and people believe that you're a Christian, but they see that you're acting in such a way that does not look like what the Bible talks about as Christianity, you you can steer people far away from the gospel because they don't see any difference in you and in them. So both sides are very, very different, but they're both very dangerous. So you have to say, okay, well, what's the middle ground? And the middle ground is what the Bible calls holiness, holiness. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says that God is telling us, be holy for I am holy. And that word has always scared me because I thought, well, there's, you know, we can't be holy. How do we, how can you be holy? So one day, um, as we know, the Bible is not written in English. The Bible was originally it written in Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic. And so if you go back to that original word, like what was he meaning when he wrote, be holy, for I am holy? So I looked that word up in the original text in the Greek, and it says that holy is clean, pure, and modest. And I was blown away. I couldn't believe that. That, that is, that's the direction that he's giving us. He's saying, be clean, be pure, be modest, be holy. And I thought, you know what? You can do that. We can do that. So that means we don't have to wear skirts to our ankles in the legalism, and we don't have to wear string bikinis, you know, in the license phase. We can find a middle ground where we can be holy for he is holy. I love that. And that, that so says it because... Um, it, it is so easy to get caught up either way, and, we, and people swing the pendulums. We see that so many times, and it, and it is a turnoff, and it is, like you said, dangerous either way you go. Um, can you just kind of talk about how you have found that? What, Patty and I love to just, we try to say we'd like to help women lead their lives 
um, for just for greater impact. And then part of leading your life is making wise choices and knowing what you stand for and, and what, what you don't, you know, won't, you won't compromise. And I love, because that's what you've been talking about. I, I kind of, I, I drew the line and said, I won't do this and I will do this. And yet you've done it in a non-legalistic way. How would you advise um, just moms and, and girls to just take a stand without going either extreme in this area? Well, I think you have to define um, that that some things that you come up with cannot be rules. They have to be guidelines because a rule is going to definitely put you into the legalistic um, pact, and you don't want to go there. But we do have to realize, okay, if I'm making decisions based on my clothing, who is my clothing going to affect? So that's the first thing. That's the first barometer you have to go by. So I began to question guys. And we know that, you know, guys are visual and they're attracted, you know, obviously with that eye gate. So I asked these guys, okay, what are some things that are stumbling blocks so that I'm not wearing a skirt that's to my ankles and I'm not, or I'm not, I'm not wearing a burqa or a petticoat or, you know, so, or bonnets on my head. So tell me, what is it? What are those triggers? And as I began to talk to these guys, they began to give me some good guidelines about what, how far is too far. And so um, when it came to shorts, I was like, okay, well, what about, let's talk about shorts. And they said, you know, the upper thighs are very alluring to us, and it begins to make us have thoughts that we don't want to have. So, okay, if God made the guys, and he did, then that should be a barometer that I should care about. So, okay, well, does that mean I can't wear shorts? And they said, oh, no, no, no. So how far is too far? And one of the things that we kind of all came up with together is fingertip length. If a girl stands straight and she puts her hands down to the side, wherever her longer finger comes to, that longest finger is the shortest place that your shorts should come. And the reason being is because you don't stay in one position all day long. You don't just stand. You sit down. You crouch on the floor. You might do a back bend. You sit Indian style or, you know, jump up in the air on a trampoline or whatever. You're you're moving in all different positions. So your clothes should be able to protect you and keep you covered and modest in all sorts of positions. And I found that fingertip length shorts is just one of those guidelines that matches it. Wow. And you know what? And those are just such great tips listening. And we, gosh, this time has gone by so fast because we have less than two minutes to just finish up. But one of the things, you know, Patty and I would say so many times we, we think that when we dress, um, it doesn't affect anybody else. And yet as women, so many times we do dress to impress other women even, you know. Yeah. And, um, and so we, whether we realize the decisions we make in our dress, we, we're intentional with what we wear and decide to wear. And I love how you, because in your book, you go, you have, it's kind of broken down to he says, she says, and what do you say? And I love it because you get the conversation going, like you, and like you were just talking about from a guy's point of view, how they view it and how we view it, which is very different so many times. And I love that because you really, you go into those danger zones and that conversations, which we need to be having as moms with our young gals and even women with each other. Because you yeah. just see so many women, even in our churches, walking in, and you just go, wow, it's got to be hard for these guys to sit and worship <laughs> when right. they got all this eye candy around, you know? Right. And so I think as women, we don't really realize the effect we're having even on those around us. And right. I think it's cool that you brought that up. 
Well, you know, and that's why I interviewed nine different guys from all over the country, and they're all in the book, um, and, you know, their pictures are in the book, so you can see that these are really cute guys that are having these opinions. And, you know, one guy says, you know, the world says if you have it, flaunt it. And we're saying if you have it, protect it. And, you know, I, what I like to get girls to do is really challenge them to think about the kind of guy that they would want to marry someday. You know, if he is really interested in seeing all this flesh, remember that when he's married to you, he's still going to want to see it on other women. And exactly. that's not the Rachel, kind of guy you want. We have to take a break. Thank you so much, Rachel. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled? Then join Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, 11 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's Holiday Happiness Booklet, go to HeartfilledHolidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy everydays by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, Eastern Standard Time on Toginet.com. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrock. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to Girlfriended. And we've been talking about living your life by design um, with Rachel Lee Carter, who has shared with us her life as a fashion model, um, which is that that just flew by. I could have just kept talking to yes. her um, <laughs> all day long. And now joining us, we have Ruth Hensley-Taylor. She's an international speaker. She's an author. And she is also a life design coach. So it's just interesting we have living your life through fashion and now living your life by being uh, intentional with what you're doing. And Ruth became a life design expert by literally just doing it. And um, she, 
uh, was 14 years old when she left an abusive home. She struggled for years before learning how to design and live an extraordinary life. And sometimes that's, that is what it takes. To go out and empower others is when you have to deal with your, your own pain. So she has been doing incredible things with women and for women, with clients, through self-discovery and learning to create extraordinary results in all areas of their lives. So we just want to welcome Ruth. How are you this morning? I'm doing fantastic, and I'm so excited to be here with both of you. Well, we've been so excited to hear you because you're, this is really uh, kind of our heartbeat is like really helping women design their life and through their choices and through their actions. So you're, you're speaking our heart language. So we're just so excited to glean from you this day. And uh, we know that you have kind of a saying that life happens and an extraordinary life is designed. And love that because I think so many times we don't think about really being intentionally and in designing our life. So can you just kind of address that a little bit and how you kind of got started in that and what some of your first steps were? Those were five questions, and we <laughs> all rolled into one. <laughs> answer, well, answer all of them in five minutes. We, we have ADD of ideas and everything. So. Anyway, I hope you can follow that rabbit trail that I just, you know. I, I love it. I love it. I'm right there with you. Sorry, well, Rose. Tell us a little do. bit about when you were 14 and how that all kind of came about. Okay. Well, I left home when I was 14. Um, as you said, I, I grew up in a very abusive environment. I was adopted into a home that wasn't, of course, the best place to be. Uh, so I left home at 14, more just from a survival standpoint than anything else. I knew that I had to leave or else I wasn't going to make it. And when I left, I, I left and just started doing what I needed to do to get through the day and to make life work. Over the years, I, I just stayed on that track. I think a lot of us live our life by default, which means we wake up in the morning and we do what we have to do to take care of ourselves and take care of our family and go to work and make things happen. And somewhere along the line, although I created some great results along the line, I realized when I got into my late 20s, early 30s that I just didn't feel the way that I wanted to feel. Although life looked good from the outside, I didn't feel the way that I wanted to feel. And that's when I really stopped and started learning how to design my life rather than just live by default. And I started looking at what is really important to me. When I talk about designing a life, designing our lives, I talk to women about getting clear about what's most important to us. What do we really value? What is it that makes our heart really beat? And then getting clear about what it, what needs to shift in our lives or what would have to happen with us and our environments and the way that we think and the things that we do so that we can get there. Well, it's interesting that you um, you started out with what do you value. And I always find that intriguing because so many women that we talk to, they don't know really what mm -hmm. they value. Like they've never really stopped and just reflected on, on what is my core value, who who am I, and what am I, what am I, you know, willing to bleed for? And I just think that that is such a significant question to even sit down and, and maybe even write three things that you would truly be willing to bleed for, and that's that's my my value. That conversation right there, if women would sit down and have that conversation with themselves, what is most important to me in my life? I love how you said that. What what do I bleed for? If we, if we sit down and have that conversation with ourselves, that right there can be life-changing in and of itself because it takes us off of that default road of just getting through the day and doing what we think we're supposed to be doing. 
or what we have to do because we get busy and we get wrapped up in, in, in life. So just taking a time out and getting clear about what we value, it's a conversation that many people never really have on an intentional level, but if we do that, that can be, that can be life-altering. Well, and you know what? I think so many times um, it's easier to do with like, a girlfriend or somebody that knows you to go, what do you see in me that I am not seeing in myself? Because I think so many times we get so caught in living our lives that we don't even know, like like Patty said, what we really do value or really what matters with us, tell, to us. Tell me what Patty said. Yeah, I'll, I'll quote you. <laughs> I'll quote you, I'm sure. Um, but I just know the other day, even when we were coming home on a plane from – and uh, we were sitting on the plane, and we were just asking each other questions. And because Patty had a captive audience with me because I was strapped in my seat and couldn't go anywhere, <laughs> she started asking me all these questions and, and making me really think through some things, which I think so many times as women, life is so busy just raising kids and keeping a household and, and working and everything else that we don't be still and really get to know ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, I and sometimes we just, it's easier to do it with a, with a girlfriend or somebody that knows you. It is. It, someone who knows us or someone who knows how to help us find our way through all of the clutter to get where we want to go, just someone. And there are lots of great resources out there to help people have that conversation with themselves. But, but the first step is just really deciding that we're going to do it. And then enrolling a girlfriend, enrolling a coach, you know, getting a book, figuring out how am I going to go about the process. You know, the process is not so important as actually deciding that I'm going to get clear. Well, speaking of process, this is kind of the buzz word that's out there is having a life coach and discovering who you are. So what differentiates your program from other coaching programs? Well, a lot of coaching programs uh, really focus on three things. Where do you want to go? How are we going to get there? Coming up with a plan and then walking through the plan, all of which are really great ideas. But most of them work at a really surface level. So I'll give you an example. I recently worked with someone who wanted to create a relationship, a, a romantic relationship for himself. And most people, when they think about something that they want to do, whether it be creating a relationship, losing weight, that's actually something that many of our, our listeners can probably relate to since most women have issues around weight and body and things like that. If I decide that's where I want to go, I might sit down and start thinking about things like, okay, I'm going to alter my diet, I'm going to exercise a couple times a week, I'm going to start logging my food, and I'll come up with my steps that I'm going to take to get there so that's my plan. And then a coach is always really helpful to help me be accountable and stay with my plan. But where a lot of plans fall apart is we don't get under the surface. See, I can say all day long that I'm going to go exercise three times a week and I'm going to eat better and I'm going to log my food. But if I don't stop and really get clear about what's gone on with me up until this point that's had me overeat or eat the wrong foods or not exercise, I probably won't ever do it. We all say that we're going to do things and then we don't follow through because there's a lot of things going on under the surface inside of us that we're not aware of. And unless we're aware of those things and we can shift the way that we look at things or the way that we think think about things, long-term our actions won't shift. Well, and so, that that is amazing. It's funny because Lisa and I just had this conversation this morning. Um, we were laughing about, yeah, doing the summer thing of eating. But the the why is so important, and yet so many times when 
when you look at why am I eating, it's because it tastes good. I mean, you just go, I love food. I love the way my, my mouth is happy when I let my tongue taste all this, you know, fun sugar. But it really is the why because once you do that paradigm shift and go, okay, but my, my body was created and designed to do wonderful things and I, God created me to be remarkable and what I put in my body changes how I feel about the remarkable. And, and so, yeah, you're right. When you can peel that down. But I'm so into instant gratification for my palate. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and I'm the same way. I, my palate loves instant gratification. And can we have that and still be well and be healthy and find the balance so that we can have our bodies be healthy and feel good? That's where the conversation comes in. Is We've got to take it even deeper than that. Not why do I eat? Well, it's because I love the flavor. To, to a certain point, that's true for many of us. But if we keep on eating to the point to where it becomes a, a problem and it affects our body in a negative way, there's probably something else there. Or when we're constantly thinking about what's my next thing I'm going to put in my mouth. You know, exactly. The next meal and where you're, you're truly, and I'm going to misquote this, you know, living to eat instead of eating to live. Absolutely. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, and and I think you find yourself, um, you know, kind of consumed by that, and you go, okay, I must have a a problem here. And it really is a mind thing. How do you, uh, when you're talking about, like, you know, when you make decisions, you go, okay, I'm going to get clear, I'm going to do this, but you really have to change your thinking and get your mind into the game. How How do you help people to do that? And even with this whole thing of being healthy, um, to really seeing beyond the moment and really dissect, you know, I eat for comfort or I eat at a certain time of the day more than other times I desire it, you know. And it's like I know it's for me, like I'm a, I'm a night owl, so I can get going on the computer and doing things, but I love to be having something to do, like, you know, grazing food while I'm doing it. And it's like, okay, that's so not healthy. And you start right. realizing the patterns that you adapt without even realizing it. Well, and you just you just nailed it on the head. One of the most important things, there's a couple of steps when we look at how do we go about doing that. The first one is to really get educated about how, how do we think and how do our thoughts drive our behavior and drive what we do. We've, we've got to learn about the connection and just generally speaking, how do our brains work. And so once we've learned that, then we can start just looking at ourselves like we're under a microscope and noticing things about ourselves. So start noticing our patterns. When do I overeat? Well, when I do, what am I thinking? What kind of things do I think about when I go get that food in the middle of the night? Well, let me start to recognize. Let me start to focus on that and really listen to myself next time I go to do it. I'm going to stop and ask myself, well, it's 2 o'clock in the morning and I know I shouldn't have a piece of pizza, but I want to have it anyway. How come? And so I'm going to start asking myself questions and just really learning about my internal dialogue. Once I learn about it and how it works, then I'm in a position to shift it. Okay, we only have 30 seconds left, Ruth, and we want to continue this conversation and our, after our break. But we are talking about life happening, and uh, you don't have to just survive through life. You can truly live an extraordinary life by design. So thank you, Ruth, for all these tips, and we will be right back after this break.
This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinron. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, TrishaGoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to Girlfriended. Today we are talking with Ruth Taylor. She's an international performance coach, a life design expert, and the founder and CEO of My Life, My Design. And, Ruth, you were just talking about, uh, actually, for whatever reason, we always, as women, we always manage to get back to food. And you're making me really hungry, and the pizza <laughs> at 2 o'clock in the morning, is to- you're totally talking my lingo right there. Uh, you also are doing a shift in your coaching. Uh, what exactly do you mean by you're your, your switching gears? Well, my, my business has focused predominantly on just, general personal growth over the past few years, and I've worked with people in a, around a variety of different uh, situations or topics, and recently I've just, I recognized over the years a lot of focus on health and fitness with the women that I work with, and so I decided to go back to school and learn more about both of those things so that I could uh, both apply the information in my life and share more information with my clients. So I'm going to school to um, 
become a certified personal trainer and a corrective exercise specialist, and I'm going to shift my my practice so I'm talking about wellness overall. You know, wellness, when we talk about wellness, I don't just mean physical wellness. More what I want to focus on is just a general overall sense of wellness in our life. So that would address our physical body, um, intellectually, how do we think about things, how do we view things, emotionally, where are we at, spiritually, where are we at, our environment, and also our social, our social wellness. So really focusing on all of those different areas so that women can feel more balanced and more um, well. Well, when you say balance, do you think that you can lose weight if you're not in that holistic approach? And I guess when I say can you lose weight, can you maintain it if you're not holistically moving forward? In other words, I I see people lose weight, but if they're, if they're not working out, I, I, it seems like they gain it back. Sure. Well, weight, weight, or our bodies, or really most anything that's external about us is really a manifestation of something that's going on inside of us. We eat the way that we do. We exercise the way that we do. We even dress the way that we do, it, as you were talking about earlier, because of how we think. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so we can say, well, I really want to get in shape. It's summertime. I want to go put on a swimsuit, so I'm going to get in great shape and lose some weight. And I might do that because of a certain circumstance, but if I don't shift the way that I think about my body or the way that I think about food or the way that I think about exercise, I'll probably, I may get to where I want to go, but once I get there, I'll probably revert back to the way that I've always done it. Right, and so, it's more of a quick fix instead of a, a lifestyle. Exactly. If you think about all of those areas, those six dimensions of wellness that I just that I just shared, all of those areas, if they're all not working well, if we're not feeling good in all six of those areas, it will affect the other areas. So if physical is one of those six areas, if physically I feel bad, either I'm ill or my body's real out of shape or I feel bad about my body or I have a negative self-image about my body, if that one area is out of whack, it'll affect every other area in my life. Mm-hmm. If, the, if my so mind point, because I think especially as women, we don't compartmentalize as much as men do areas of our life, and so it really does flow. One area flows into the other, and I don't think we realize that. Like, and I think that's where, why a lot of women really do struggle with depression because they, they are like one area, and they don't, you can't, it's hard to see that in our lives and what we're doing. So it really is um, a, just a holistic approach to our lives and to our bodies and our minds and everything and just changing our thinking pattern too. Absolutely. So that's, wearing lip- that's the core. Wearing more lipstick won't won't heal that process. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> it might make us feel better in the moment. <laughs> well, can you share a favorite technique or two that our listeners can use to just that they can start right now today to help them in this holistic approach? Absolutely. Everything that I do always focuses on individuals, ourselves. I, I always work with my clients to focus on themselves as their greatest resource because we have we have control over what we do and how we think and and our part in whatever it is that occurs in our life. We don't really have control over what anybody else does. And so I always coach people to come back to themselves and look at what impact can they have? 
usually when something doesn't go the way that we want it to, we focus on external things like, boy, if only I could get my husband to not bring home Oreos, then I'll be okay, as opposed to focusing on ourselves and what we can do. So two things that I'll share with you. The first one is I always have my clients play a game called What About Me? And so whatever it is, whenever they get in a situation or circumstance that either works or doesn't work, I have them stop and look at the situation and go in there for some learning. You know, if something's really not working, let me see what I can learn about myself here so that I can go out and be even better. And so I'm going to ask myself, well, what about me? I might say, well, this didn't work because my husband did this or my kids did this. Stop. What about me? What are the choices I made? What was the impact that I had? What was the, how did I view it? How did I feel about it? So really taking them back to just learning about them. I always think that the more we can know about ourselves, the better we're going to be. And the more, the more in the driver's seat we are in our lives, the more we can learn about us. So that's one thing that I always share with people. Just always try to take it back to you and just ask yourself, what about me? If something's going really, really great, oftentimes we'll give all the credit to someone else and say, this is really great, Patty, because you've been doing this and I'm so glad you're making me so happy. Take it back to me and ask myself, well, what about me? What sorts of things have I done or thought such that this has occurred? What's my impact been? Because I can repeat that or I can change that, but I can't control what you do. And okay? and that is so important. I, I have to interrupt there. I know um, I've been working with this couple in, this, in the last few weeks, and as you're talking to them, and you probably see this all the time, it's always about what the spouse is doing rather than looking and going, okay, what's my role here? I have to get me healthy before I can continuously be pointing the finger over here. But in doing that, you have to do it in such a way that it's not so narcissistic. It's finding that balance. Absolutely. Like you said, looking at your role and taking ownership and getting yourself healthy doesn't mean it becomes all about you. We want to divert the attention to the other person. Yeah, and make it about them and their issue rather than really looking at ourselves and peeling back. Mm-hmm. I like it when you make it about me, though. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> well, and that's a really common viewpoint. That's how that's how we're taught. If yeah. something doesn't work, we're going to look out there for the reason why and for the solution, which isn't really effective. We don't want to look at ourselves. We don't want to what about me from a narcissistic narcissistic place, but rather so that we can become healthier, more well, so that we can go out and not just have a fabulous life that we love. When we're happy and when we're healthy, it makes a difference in everyone's life who's a part of our lives. It makes a difference in our family, with our kids, with the people we work with, out in the community. That that flows over whether we're doing really well or we're really not doing well. It always impacts the rest of the world. Well, and that is such a great point because we really do send off vibes that we're not even aware of in, in, in energy levels, and and it really goes part. We're not we don't live as islands. We really are part of a bigger community, and even in our families. And did we you need just to go take Oprah? responsibility. Anna. I kind of did go Oprah a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> this your new age minute. Maybe I'll have my own and I my own show, and, and you know. Um, but we we tend to think this is only affecting me. And it really, we do have a lot of influence on other people, just even in our attitudes and uh, how it comes across to other people. Yeah. So I think that's such a great point that you, that you bring up with that. 
Okay, we're, we're, we're riveting and hanging on to your words, so keep going with some other techniques because I think this is so important that women, because we don't like to focus on ourselves and we don't take the time to be still to really learn who we are, um, what are some other things you would suggest? Here's another, here's another really simple one that I love, and it's just turning the and into, or I'm sorry, turning the but into an and, okay? So just remember, but and, but and. And what this means is frequently when we say, I'm going to do something, or I'm going to have something, or I'm going to be something, or I'm going to feel something, something's going to be different, we can find all kinds of excuses for why we can't get there. So I might say, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to lose five pounds so I can feel better in my body, but my husband brings home Oreos every day, right? And that right there, I'm dead in the water. I can't move forward. I'm stuck. And so I always coach people, whenever you hear the but and then comes the excuse, substitute the but with an and, okay? Because those excuses, they're not going to go away. They're, they're going to be there, and, and that's external, so I could focus all of my attention on trying to get him to not bring home Oreos, or I can just accept that as, okay, that's part of the deal. So I'm going to change my sentence to, I w- I want, I'm going to lose five pounds, but I can feel better in my body, and my husband brings home Oreos every day. Now the question is, okay, so now what? What am I going to do with that? I'm still moving forward, as opposed to, I'm going to do this, but my husband brings home Oreos every day. I'm stopped. So whatever it is, whatever my excuse is, it's almost always preceded by a but. I would love to, but. Change the but into an and. I would love to, and this is here. So now what? And that, you know what, it, it really goes back to just the simple terminology. From a simple it is. And. It's and, all it is. Uh, but notice, it, how that, notice how that one word, though, makes it a completely different animal. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think we don't even realize, and we have these conversations even with ourselves, we don't realize the effect that we're having on ourselves. We talk to ourselves all the time. Exactly. (laughs) All the time we do. So, yeah, a a big part of what I do is just help people get clear about what are the conversations that you have with yourself, and what are the conversations that really work to move you forward, and what are the conversations you have that really hold you back. And how do you shift them? How do you add more conversations that really work? How do you change your language and just make small tweaks in your language so that you are working with yourself in a way that causes you to be, be able to go out and do remarkable things? Mm-hmm. Well, this has been just a great show, Ruth, and we want to thank you for coming on the show today. And you can find Ruth Taylor um, on our site, Going to Girlfriend It, as well as it will click right into her website. And we just appreciate the tips that you've given us that you need to sit down and ask yourself uh, even just three questions about where your, your core value is and really start unpacking your life and live it extraordinary. So thank you, Ruth, and we'll talk to you next week. My pleasure. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It. The show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. 